All right, everybody. Welcome back to Jock Talk. So sorry we were off for a week. We all had a lot of things going on, and uh, we needed a break, to be honest. There was way too much going on. Um, but we are here back with you to give you news on sports and just chat and talk away. Um, guys, let's go ahead and start with the buzz because there is quite a bit. Um, Kyle, Luke, who wants to head this off? Yeah, Von Miller got traded. Melvin Ingram got traded. Trade deadline ended right now uh, as we speak. Not many big names besides Von Miller. Um, but what do you think about this? Von Miller to the Rams, the Broncos get a second and a third. Uh, what do you make of this, guys? Well, I will say Von Miller, I mean, he's getting he's getting up there in age, but he's still terrifying. And you put him on a um you put him on a D-line that already also features Aaron Donald, and it makes up for it makes for a massive nightmare for any opposing QB. So I think you're going to see definitely some offenses are going to have to account for that. And I think that's a massive improvement to the Rams um, defense. Um, As for Melvin Ingram, I mean, as if the the Chiefs just need a bunch of uh, offensive help. The fact that they could only score 20 points on the Giants and struggled all through that game is, I mean, it's a, case of oh how have the mighty have fallen so i'm going to be interested to see how that helps the chiefs really at all so all i can think of is a thanos quote uh to describe what happened all that for a drop of blood um let's be 100 percent honest here you know the rams are building that whole team just to beat up on tom brady um What's up, Mr. Curly Wolf? Oh, yeah, that's right. What's up, man? Um, so I, it, it just it kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, uh, like that's pathetic that you need all that just to beat Tom Brady. And you know that's why you're building that team. Yeah. So they build it to beat the, the Buccaneers, um, but they're also building it to beat the Packers who look good and then the team in their own division, the Cardinals. Um, this move just – is basically for a run at the Super Bowl. I mean, think about it. Stafford has, what, maybe three years left. Von Miller maybe has, unless he's Tom Brady, plays like 44. Uh, Von Miller has like two to three years left. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he's not getting any younger. His speed's going to slow down at one point. The elite Jalen Ramsey that we know, he probably only has three years left. Aaron Donald's not getting any younger. All these moves are just an indicator of, hey, we have a very small window here of probably three years where we can just be in the thick of things every year um, if we stay healthy. So, listen, they don't need all these picks. Um, they've shown that they've done pretty well with these late-round picks and getting players to help their team to supplement their their um, their cap because they're paying these guys like 75% of their cap room. Um, but this is this is a good move for them. For the Melvin Ingram thing, you're right, Luke. I watched that game, and I'm like, yes, their defense sucks, but like their reason why they stink this year or they're just average this year is because their offense is – yeah, their O-line is nowhere near where it needs to be. Their running game is nothing, and Mahomes is forcing the ball every game. And, and Melvin isn't going to fix that. No. Not, not by himself. 
unless the offense like just steps up their game and becomes what they were, then like this trade won't do anything. I will describe that trade to me to all you guys in five words. The Madden curse is real. He was on it twice, right? Yeah. 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 Could be. Could be. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, next, uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. It's very, pretty recent um, to our listeners. But he had a DUI. Um, and unfortunately, uh, um, a man or woman, we're not sure, you know, who it was. But they, you know. They died in that in that process, so prayers out to them. It's a sad situation. Yeah. Um, what do you guys make of this from just like a shocking perspective, but also like, you know, the Raiders as well? He should know better. He should know better. The system he was put in, Saban did not take crap from anybody for nothing. Pushed you to be a good person character-wise on and off the field. So – to hear this, it, it hurts me being a Bama fan because you know better. You know better. You are not invincible because you are an NFL player. It makes me lose a lot of respect for him, and especially because he killed somebody. Like at the end of the day, you can call it DUI. He was under the influence. It doesn't matter. He killed somebody, and that's not okay. Um, so unfortunately for me, Ruggs, like you, you need help, man. You need help, and I can't, I can't stand behind you until you get help. Yeah, no. There there is when you have when you have that kind of money and that kind of influence and you make stupid decisions like that. And now not only stupid, but literally life altering. Mm-hmm. Not only is he going to have to live with the knowledge that he killed somebody for the, with doing something dumb for the rest of his life, someone's going to have to live with the consequences of his actions for the rest of yeah. their lives too. There is someone's mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter, whatever, out there who just lost a loved one because some idiot NFL player decided to drink and drive. And there's no excuse for it. No excuse for it at all. Yeah, and I think from a Raiders perspective, too, I mean, they've just dealt with so much, like, just outside noise drama this year. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a lot for that organization. First John Gruden, you know, then then this. I mean, and they were doing really well at the beginning of the year. So, like, if you're a Raiders fan, you're just like, ugh, like, what next? But, yeah, the most important part of this is, like, um, you know, the unfortunate innocent person that tragically died here. And hopefully Ruggs doesn't get the help that he needs. Um, and we'll monitor that situation as it continues to progress. But just a sad thing overall. Um, guys, Derrick Henry, the best running back that I've seen in a while, the league leader by like 300 yards. Uh, he might be out for the year. What do you guys make of that? And, and does that hurt the Titans' uh, chances here? Does it hurt the Titans' chances? Well, I know it's a yes. Is the Pope Catholic? Yes. No, it's of course it hurts their chances. And you have a weapon like Derrick Henry who can catch the ball out of the backfield, can make you miss, and then when all else fails, she'll just enter semi-truck mode and just mow you over like a like you were grass. Yes, of course, that's going to hurt your chances. And really, now it comes down to, what, Ryan Tannehill trying to pull the 
uh, Titan defense, Titan offense in, into relevancy. It's it, I it, they they're they're in a pickle. They are in a pickle. I'm with you, Curly Wolf. It is painful, uh, very painful. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I I get that. Someone that totally isn't famous and not a millionaire and they're dead and you know it takes two seconds to say hey maybe i should take an uber hey maybe i shouldn't be out driving i'm i'm with you man i get it um back to uh back to what we were talking about um so i didn't know this and i just found this out earlier when i was reading through derrick henry stayed in the game after he got hurt continued to play just to beat their division rivals like yeah okay stupid but also what a monster still outplaying people uh, on an injury like that's you you can't beat that like he should get the mvp now just because of that like i'm sure all their other division rivals are extremely grateful yeah uh he's already thrown a touchdown pass and now he's played through a severe injury to beat the crap out of the colts give him the mvp honestly i haven't seen a non-quarterback more worthy of an MVP than him the last few years, you know, like he's their entire offense. offense. Yep. Like look at Arthur Smith now with the, the Falcons, you know, like he doesn't have a Derrick Henry on the Falcons. So it's just like, let me get it to Kyle Pitts every play. Like it's not a good, <laughs> but with the Titans, it was just feed him the ball every play. And then off of play action, Tannehill did his dirty work. Um, and Tannehill's never that great of a quarterback, but why is he succeeding there? Because he has such a good run game with Derrick Henry. Um, obviously, yes, that was a stupid question. Does it hurt their chances? Yes, but I had to ask it. Um, I don't think Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, I, do you think they can carry a good offense, all of them together, or or is this just – There's such a massive difference between Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, even without the difference in just position. But if, you know, if A.J. Brown and – um, what was it? Julio. Julio. Yes, thank you. If AJ Brown and Julio Jones could throw themselves their own passes, then maybe. But that's that's no, no, not because here's the thing. Now, what defenses are going to do? What defense had sit? What defenses had to do when going and get up against the Titans is they had to flood the box. They had to flood the box to contain Derrick Henry and make sure, okay, this guy isn't going to beat us single-handedly. And so that just made the job that much easier for Ryan Tannehill. Julio was open. AJ was open. Now defenses don't have to do that. They can spread out, go back more in coverage, and it's going to become that much harder. And so the next man up on Tennessee's depth chart yeah. We're going to see how good the offensive line is creating for someone who isn't Derrick Henry, and we're going to see, you know, the quality of the person up at, behind him. See, Derek. I'm not I'm not sold on – sorry, Kyle. I'm not sold Derek. on Tannehill, and, and here's my biggest reason. He doesn't even pass first. That's not his first instinct. His first instinct is to run. You are not a mobile quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Like, I could you in an open race carrying, like, three babies on my back. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to throw the ball. And he – am I wrong? He doesn't throw the ball unless he has to. Well, like, he he's not a mobile quarterback in the sense of Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. But he did play receiver in college. So, like, he is athletic, but that's probably – the best part of his game because he's not 
he's not a great thrower. Like, no. he has to throw the ball for this team to succeed without Derrick Henry. But, like, when you're not that great of a quarterback and you're more just of a system guy and athlete, um, I don't know how that's going to, uh, you know, bode coming after Henry's just not there. Um, Especially when that system is not predicated to the pass offense. It's like, not. It's, yeah. So yeah. they're going to have to make sure they run the ball and hopefully – um, Jeremy McNichols can carry the load. Or, no. or, or, who did they sign, Kyle? Adrian Peterson. Oh my gosh. That dude just uh. was <laughs> uh, Yeah, he'll probably make the, the game day squad once they bring him up from the practice squad. But yeah. um, let's move on to the Dolphins. Um, guys, the Dolphins last year, they were on fire at the end of the year. Um, they won so many games. After a rough start this year, people are high on them. Really great defense. Two is back. Um, they got Jalen Waddle and like a sickies there. Yada yada yada. They have one win right now. Uh, my question is: Are Brian Flores the head coach and Tua are they the right quarterback head coach combo to lead the Dolphins? I, I, I'm. I will. I think we'll, we'll get to Brad shortly. I just. I do want to say that you're absolutely right, Kyle. They were on fire last year, and this year they're 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 a different kind of fire. They're a dumpster fire. So, um, you know, there, there was a bunch of talk with Brian Flores about, oh, you know, right before the trade deadline, you know, is Tua going to be the starting QB? Maybe we'll trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. And, you know, as of 13 minutes ago, 14 minutes ago, the trade deadline is gone and there's no news about that whatsoever. Uh, I I like Tua. I think that um, if he weren't so injury prone, he might be more able to lead people to a championship or lead people to at least some form of NFL success. I'm less hyped about Brian Flores. I'm not sure that he's the answer to the Dolphins dilemma. And now we'll go over to the man raising his hand. Okay. Um, first of all, how in the world can Tua be the person to lead the Dolphins when the head coach has put zero faith in your starting quarterback with, well, we're interested in a guy that has 22 sexual allegations against him over the guy that's literally here to play football. Like, you're a moron, moron, even better. So you know a head coach has some say in who they draft. You know it. You know it. You know that's how it is. They didn't draft O-line help. They didn't draft a running back. They didn't draft anything besides a receiver and said, all right, Tua, you're set. There you go, buddy. Of course he's going to fail. He's got nothing. And I'm tired of hearing people crap on him because it's not Tua's fault. Yes, Tua is very injury-prone. It's very lucky that he's still playing football. The injury he sustained in college, he should have never come back from and been nearly as good as he is. I will say that. He's very injury prone. But when you don't supplant the guy, or sorry, when you don't support the guy with stuff to help him, you're you're just cutting his legs off from under him and saying, why can't you run? Like, it's such a stupid question because it's Brian Flores and upper management's fault. Tua could play better. Yes, you have Waddle, you have Gasicki, you have Devontae Parker, Will Fuller. Is still those guys are always hurt. Parker, Fuller, their offensive line, like they have no. a lot of injuries 
at their skill position players. I um, I don't blame two of though. That that was my whole point. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone does blame Tua. I'm not going to put all the blame on him, but there is some there. But, like, not the majority of it. Yeah. Ew, insurance. I don't like it, man. Uh, We will be happy to answer all your trade questions next episode, which will be tomorrow at 5. Come hang with us. Um, Love Texas. We'll we'll, we'll hang in the south, man. I'm from Alabama. We'll, We'll stick together. Yeah, no, this is one of the few sports shows you can watch now and not have to worry about insurance commercials. <laughs> uh, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, well, uh, speaking where of are we now? I, speaking I of insurance, Mike White uh, was insurance for the Jets this last week. Nice segue there, Kyle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> because Zach Wilson got hurt. So Mike White stepped up and had a killer performance against the Bengals. Where did that come from? Uh, they asked Robert Sala, is Mike White like the guy? And Sala said, anything's possible. Uh, you think this is stupid? You think this is a one-hit wonder? <laughs> what do you guys think about Mike White and the Jets' chances? Of that? Uh, dude, I will, dude. I will talk about it later. Luke, go for it. They won one game by only, like, what, three points against the Bengals, which, you know, aren't a bad team. And so, but, you know, if you're the Jets, you know, beating any team is an accomplishment. So I just go, (laughs) no, it's like, you know, bring in. bring in a regular college team. And if the Jets beat them, it's like, storm the field. But, um, so I just go, okay, congratulations. You won one game. I want to see more. I want to see him actually start winning some games in succession before I want to crown him as the best thing since sliced bread. So let, that's all, that's all I'm going to say about it. it. I see it as just a massive overreaction. For sure. I had to ask because, like, people were making a big deal about it. I'm just like, it's the NFL. It's a week-to-week league. Some teams that are amazing lose to teams that suck. It happens. Unknown players get in there and just do incredible, crazy things. And the next week they're not even on a team. You know? Like, it just this is what happens in the NFL. Um, exactly. Brad, I want to know your take on Trevor Simeon with the Saints. Jameis Winston got hurt and he did Later, we'll talk about that. Um, but Trevor Simeon came in, the Saints beat the Buccaneers somehow. Uh, do you think? I mean, they're like six and two, I think. So, like, they have a good record, they're a good team. But do you think they're playoff caliber with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, or do they need to go somewhere else? No, is the short answer. They are not playoff caliber, they weren't playoff caliber with Winston either. I'll take the hot take there. Um, I think. The best thing about that team so far is the defense and some weird running back named Alvin Kamara. Uh, don't know if anybody's ever heard of him or not. Uh, I think those are the only two successful things. You don't have any wide receivers. You barely have a freaking tight end. I'm not scared of Winston throwing the ball, which his best game was like, wasn't it like 100-something yards and five touchdowns? It's not like he's like slinging the ball downfield. He yeah. doesn't scare me. Neither does – Simeon, I always 
want to mispronounce his name, but we're not going to no. say that, boys and girls. This is a this is not an adult show. Um, however, I no, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Tom Brady cannot beat the regular season Saints. That is his like biggest downfall every freaking year. The Saints come out of nowhere and beat the crap out of Tom Brady, but then Tom Brady will win a Super Bowl. So like it makes you wonder every year: Are the Saints the Super Bowl winners? So uh, no, Simeon is not the answer. Um, honestly, sign Cam Newton. Sign Cam Newton. If you want to devote yourself to the run game because you don't have receivers, sign Cam Newton. Then you have Cam Newton, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara. That is not a bad backfield to play option with, to run around and toss the ball. I mean, yeah, he's not going to throw the ball 60 yards downfield. He doesn't have the arm for it anymore. Every NFL team knows that. It's not a secret. But um, I don't think the Saints are contenders. I'll go ahead and take that spicy take early. What if Philip Rivers comes out of retirement? Then they oh, might wow. have a chance. <laughs> they might I, have I a heard, chance. I heard I a little rumor about it. Just want to throw it out there. Um, I, last, I'd laugh. I'd laugh too. But isn't he like a Southern boy anyway? He'd fit right down there. Yeah. With, He's got like 12 kids, so, you know. Yeah, he'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> you need some more money for all those 12 kids. Uh, last thing here, <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Ridley is stepping away from football for a while. I'm not sure the, the longevity of how long he's going to stay there, but for mental health, which is I always – it's good. Mental health is important. So step away, that's good. Lane Johnson did that for the Eagles for a few weeks. He was dealing with depression. Um, what do you make of this? Um, it's always is, it's always, always been important, right? But like, what what do you make of like it becoming more of like a normal thing? Players stepping away for their mental health. Can I can I start with one comment that'll kind of branch into the whole? Discussion? He's the Alabama boy. You go for it. Okay, I'm I'm very sad, like for him as a player, but I understand and I get it. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was Andrew Luck, Luke Kuechly, um, these kind of guys. And somebody brought a comparison to Robin Williams. What if Robin Williams had stepped away from mental health? Would he still be here? And so that just brings a whole question to me is, I don't care what you're stepping away for. Take the time. Take care of yourself. Come back healthy or retire. I don't care, man. You do what you need to do for yourself because you know what? If you keep pushing yourself to do something that you're mentally not prepared for, we've seen it happen to so many people. We've seen it happen to people we know. We've seen it happen to professional athletes. We've seen it happen to actors. People go off the deep end because they cannot deal with their mental health. So I think the first conversation to have is um, don't rush to come back. Don't rush to come back for money. Don't rush to come back for whatever take care of yourself first. And I think that's the best starting point we can have to a conversation like this is that it doesn't matter. The only thing that's important is your life, your health, all that stuff. So that was, that was my starting point that I thought would be important to. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Ultimately you have to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. Um, I will say that if it were a sport like, tennis, golf, one of these things where you're solo, it's a bit easier for people to accept. However, there's an added aspect of it in that you can't see the injury. 
you don't have that play that you look at and you go, oh, crud, that dude's limping. Or, oh, no, that dude's arm is out of its socket. You don't have, like, that gruesome Gordon Hayward moment where it's like, oh, yep, no, he needs to go and take care of himself. But, and the other, so the other part of it, so the well, first part is it's invisible. The second part is it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. You are... People look at it and the morons among us will say, oh, he's letting the team down. And I, I go, it's, it, makes it, diff- it makes it extremely difficult for people who are in team sports to take that step and say, you know, I, I do need to step away because you really have to ask in the state in which I am in, am I being a help to the team or am I hurting things? I'm, I'm um, proud of him. I really yeah, am. Yeah, I don't think Calvin was – hurting the team in his participation, but we don't know. I don't know what's going on in his brain. I know just that he views it as a very, very serious thing. I mean, if you're going to step away from the NFL, then it's a problem and it's probably a significant problem. So I'm hoping I'm all thoughts and prayers his way. And, you know, I'm praying for, I'm hope we're all hoping for a, complete full healthy and speedy recovery yeah that's well put uh let's move on to the nfl highlights for this week brad do you want to run down through all the games sure will uh we kicked off on thursday uh the packers were at the cardinals beat them 24 to 21 uh panthers at the falcons in a snooze fest 19 to 13 panthers um bills played the dolphins 26 to 11 that was a lot closer than i expected that game to be uh the 49ers actually beat the bears i wasn't sure it was going to go down that way 33 to 22 the steelers in another snooze fest beat the browns 15 to 10 uh the eagles showed up for a sunday strangely they remembered their uh schedule and beat the lions 44 to 6 um, the Titans beat the Colts in overtime, 34 to 31. That was a really good game. I did get to see a lot of that one. Uh, the Jets beat the Bengals in a weird surprise, 34 to 31. Uh, the Rams slaughtered the Texans, 38 to 22. Shocker. Um, the Patriots beat the Chargers, 27 to 24. That one was a real shocker. That kind of was not how I thought that was going to go. Uh, the Seahawks beat the crap out of the Jaguars, 31 to 7. Uh, the Broncos beat the Washington football team 17 to 10. I was really confused about that final score. Um, the Saints beat the Buccaneers. We talked about that 36 to 27. The Cowboys beat the Vikings 20 to 16. And then the Chiefs narrowly escaped the New York Giants 20 to 17. Um, this was a weird, weird week. Who would like to take a weird game? Yeah, I'll take the Eagles just because um, I want to. I don't like talking about my team, but this is really surprise, surprise. It pisses me, it pisses me off. You wait eight games to run the ball. Where was this the first half of the season? Yeah, like, and, and you didn't even have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell didn't even do anything. It was Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard who played all year, and they do this. Like, I get it's against the Lions, and I get the Lions stink, but like. You finally know what your identity is. Your identity has never been pass the ball 40 times. Not with Jalen Hurts. It's, uh, I don't know, run the ball. It hurts your stable of running backs and your pretty good offensive line. And Jalen Hurts, who can also run. 
Um, it's incredible that it took them eight weeks to run the ball and also to use Jalen Rieger, who got hurt, in more of a just, uh, you know, split out um, wide receiver coming in the middle of the field. Like, just, they used him in a bunch of different ways, and it took eight weeks to do that. Also, it took them eight weeks for their defensive coordinator to blitz the quarterback. They were like 31st in blitzing the quarterback in the NFL up until this week. Like, why does it take you so long to do that? It's incredible. Here's what I think is happening is Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, are like, hey, we want to stink this year. We don't want to win, so be vanilla as possible. Um, and then Eagles fans started getting upset and calling for their heads. So they're like, okay, let's win a game against the Lions. Do what you need to do. Um, so I won't be surprised if next week they lost. But, but does it does it shock you that they're trying to do that? No. It doesn't like I, I'm not saying they are, but it wouldn't shock me if they were doing it. So yeah, great game. They killed them. Congratulations. The defense looked good. They got a lot of pressure on Jared Goff, who looks horrible, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it, you can't really take away and be like, oh yeah, Eagles did really well. They're a good team. No, it's just like it's the Lions, and they did stuff in this game that they should have done the entire year. So. Yep. Um. If no one cares, uh, I have a very sarcastic take on a game that I'm sure everyone will enjoy. Um, Ooh, well, then go ahead. Steelers at Cleveland. Oh, God. <laughs> what happened? Like, it's like somebody said, hey, there's a line on the field. In case you guys are curious to know how to score, if you get past that line, you get points. You know that, right? And both teams were like, Nah, I just want to beat up the other team. Let's score. <laughs> like, what? who does that? You both are supposed to be decent in your division. And I didn't have a game to watch this week because the Ravens are on a bye. And Alabama was on a bye. So I had nothing. So I turned that game on. I was at B-dubs with, with uh, the pastor and Devin. And we're watching games. And he goes, this game kind of sucks. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> It's terrible. It was so bad. Like the run game wasn't there. The pass game wasn't there. It was just kind of like, hey, whoever manages to put the ball over there, I guess you win. Like if you move it 20 yards on this drive, you win. It was pathetic. Like the Steelers defense has not been amazing this year, but finally they showed up, first of all. Second of all, the the Browns couldn't get their run game going. What have they done all season? All they've done is run. How do you get Nick Chubb back and run, like, barely at all? And then, hey, let's throw Johnson in there, too. Let's throw Dearness Johnson in there. Why? Like, it didn't make sense. This whole game was stupid. And then Big Ben and key plays, I'm going to throw the ball. Oh, incomplete. And then he'd get up and go. He's a moron. He's the worst quarterback in that division. It was a snooze fest. I'm so sorry if you watched that game. Wow. Hey, but you that, know that, that was that was a take. That was a take. Um, I'm gonna go uh talk about Chargers Patriots. Um we were all talking about you know how fantastic the Chargers have been all season long. Um they get blown out by the Ravens. I'm sure one of us is happy about that. Um, and then they lose a squeaker against the Patriots. And now I feel like the conversation has shifted in like, oh, we've been bamboozled by the Chargers. I'm like, 
No, they lost two games in a row, one of which was a close game. There, it's like I feel like so. The NFL lends itself, football in general lends itself very, very well to massive overreactions. You know, I mean, it happens in college and it happens in the NFL. And I don't think this is correct just yet. Oh, I clicked the wrong button. I'm sorry. Oh, I, my bad. Oh, 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 darn. oh, oh. Poor Brad. He hit the wrong button. Oh, <laughs> crap. Um, but no, overreactions happen in the NFL, just like they do in college, especially in football. So, and I think Mike White wanting to give him MVP because he won a game for the Jets, while that is an accomplishment, I don't think, you know, let's see him win two before we, at at least two before we, you know, start crowning him you know, king of the NFL. Um, yeah. Um, and my my reaction is the same to the Chargers. Let them lose three, four games in a row before we're starting to question, you know, is the is, you know, is Justin Herbert and the Chargers, are they falling apart? It's like, no, they lost two games. Now, granted, one of them was a blowout, but that was last week. This is this week. And they lost against a Patriots team that is surprisingly good. And I will say, Mac Jones is looking very good. Um, so, you know, you lost to an you lost to a quality NFL team. That happens. You just put your big boy boots on, and you get out and practice, and you get ready for the next one. Yeah. And you know what? People are going to have overreactions. That's fine. You use it as fodder to go win the next one. So just do your job. They lost in Charger fashion too, which is always losing a close game when it matters, Um, which makes me laugh all the time. I saw Kyle's name change and had to show it off for a minute. (laughs) Um. It's become a meme at this point, dear viewer, that we – we take words, phrases that come out of Luke's mouth, and we put them all over the place. You know what's worse? I don't have COVID, so I feel great. So I am extra silly and ready to pick on everybody today. So it's bad. Um, no, well, you can pick on the Bears next in your fix me section. I will. Um, Chicago, what's up? I have one of the few NFL games I've ever been to was a Bears game in that stadium. It's beautiful. A lot of really cool history. Uh, The team at the time wasn't great. Uh, And your running back was Jordan Howard. Uh, uh, So it was a long time ago. But you know what, Chicago, I have like a little tiny like special place just because I've been there. It was awesome. It was a great like experience not a great game because you lost to the jaguars with blake bortles anyhow not important uh the point is i don't want to do this to you but i have to because your future hinges on justin fields and you are giving him nothing so let's start out with what you can do to help david montgomery and justin fields arguably your two best players on that team alan robinson is the third kyle relax um, so it, it goes, let's go first. 
an O-line, a quality O-line. I'm sorry, but you can't draft outside of the first round and say, well, let's scrape up some talent. You you can't do that. You have to invest in an O-line, invest in that O-line early, and then let them mesh as a group. Let them work with Justin Fields. One of the biggest storylines that came out of training camp this past year was how quickly Justin Fields was picking up that playbook, how quickly he was talking with people, the good plays that he can do. We finally saw it against the 49ers. We finally saw the Justin Fields everybody was talking about, which I said was going to happen if they put him in too early. He was going to struggle, and then eventually he'll catch on. And he did. Fantastic. But the first key to that is giving him the pass protection so he can hit Allen Robinson, so he can hit Darnell Mooney, so he can find Cole Komet. Those are the important things in your offense, and you haven't given him that. Now, second, I am going to rag on you a little bit about your – Running back depth. Now, I know Tariq Cohen is hurt. I I get it. Yes, understandable. But you're on your third and fourth string running backs. That's bad. So even if David gets – Montgomery gets hurt or Tariq Cohen isn't available, which Tariq Cohen I feel like is a better special teams player than a running back, but that's just me. Um, Sign another one. Go out, be aggressive. Help Justin Fields. If you looked at Justin Fields' success at Ohio State – He did really well when he didn't have to do everything all the time and he could go. He doesn't have that right now. So you're relying on Justin Fields to make big plays in the air with no O-line and expecting him to get it done. 90% of your problem is in your offense. Your defense? Defense is pretty good. It's not perfect. You need some better pass defense, but your rush defense is still scary. You still got Khalil Mack back there. You still got some guys that can get in the backfield and disrupt stuff, but you don't have a penalty for somebody getting out of that disruption and throwing out. Like there's nobody there that's terrifying. You don't have a Jalen Ramsey. You don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick. You don't have that. You need to build that again. The Bears are well cultured for their good defenses. That's what they're known for. They had Kyle Fuller. Got rid of him. I know. Stupidity is also a third part to that, and I'll blame the upper management because – Every decision on that field comes from upper management. And I'm going to nail directly Matt Nagy. Idiot. Idiot. Get rid of him. Here's you, – you both are going to like this. It's a spicy take. It's not going to happen, but it's spicy. Go after Ryan Lincoln Day. Riley. Oh. Go after Lincoln Riley. Go get him. Say Ryan Day from Ohio State. Like, uh, I can tell you yes. right now, Ryan no. Day wants to retire at Ohio leave. State. No, I got a text from him the other day, and he said he wants to leave Ohio State. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but but think about it. You, you could get the quarterback whisperer is what he is literally called at Oklahoma. Take him in with Justin Fields. Could you imagine Justin Fields with Lincoln Riley in an NFL setting where this guy can say – I know how to cater an offense to a good quarterback with a good arm who's smart because most of the quarterbacks besides his current one, Spencer Rattler, have been incredibly intelligent first and a good athlete second. That's how I feel about Justin Fields. His intelligence is off the charts. It is. Athleticism is right behind it. If you put the right coach with him and the right system and the right people, suddenly all those issues that I've listed Chicago become better. I have one more name for you yes doug peterson bring him back that wouldn't Listen, be bad i think i think he is so much better than matt Nagy is um he took carson yes he had frank Wright with him but he took carson from his rookie year to his second and third year and showed a lot of progression wouldn't be the worst move ever 
and there wouldn't be a ton of changeover in terms of uh, like, you know, uh, play calling or not play calling, but like, um, you know, the lingo of the offense yeah. and all that. So, um, and if you think about Carson Wentz too, high intelligence, and then the athleticism is behind it. It's a very similar style, not the same player, but style of like approach. I'm I'm with that. I like that. But that's what I'm saying. Get rid of the coach, fix the O-line, get some better help for Justin Fields and and improve your defense and I think honestly that team could be really good in that division. But it's going to be a year or two before it happens obviously. So that was fix me. So, uh I have given you probably the best gift I could ever give you, Luke. I have bragged on Justin Fields for at least 5 or more minutes. So now I'm going to pass it on to you. Give us your spicy meat the ball for the week. Okay. Okay. And I do appreciate it. I do think, you know, it's like, you know, here we try to be reciprocal. I took, I've bragged on uh, Mac Jones for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's brags on Justin Fields, you know. I give you cookie, you cookie. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We can, we can put the rivalries aside when we need to. All right. Today's spicy meatball. Um. For those who don't know, the first actual college football rankings come out tonight, 7.30 on ESPN. Um, and people are all wondering, outside of who's going to get the number one seed, how two through five, six are going to turn out. And I thought, well, for my spicy meatball to get some conversation started, I might as well give you what I think the committee's going to do this first week so we all know georgia's going to be number one um at number two i think it is very possible that they have the michigan state spartans in that slot at the two spot they have they are undefeated they are in the big 10 and they have a heisman level running back and they just beat a top 10 team in michigan so it's like, what? <laughs> okay, well, I get the big screen now. So I think it's very possible that they could go Michigan State at two. I have them then going with the committee has a history of really hurting and uh, really penalizing teams that don't have a strength of schedule and rewarding teams that do have a strength of schedule. So I'm thinking they probably go something along the lines of. Georgia at one, Michigan State at two, Alabama at three, and Cincinnati at four. Now, Cincinnati at four is, um, I believe, would be a little sus. I think they do end up rewarding Cincinnati just for going undefeated, and it allows them to just kind of stay up there and gives teams like Ohio State and Oklahoma underneath them opportunities to jump them with some of the harder games that Ohio State and Oklahoma will have on their schedules later. Do I like it? Not a lot. I do believe that if you took a Oklahoma, I do believe if you took like, for example, right now, the big team that's outside of that four that I gave you is Ohio State. I do believe that if you put Ohio State up against Cincinnati, Ohio State would be like two, a two touchdown favorite. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think they're going to honor the fact that they're undefeated. They're certainly going to honor, I believe, the one undefeated, I think, Big Ten team that's left. Yeah, Michigan State. 
after a quality win against a quality opponent, I will yeah. say, um, at least a quality according to the AP. So I think it's very possible you have Georgia at one, Michigan State at two, Alabama at three, Cincinnati at four. I am more than happy to get your guys' opinions on that as well. Um, I I hate Cincinnati at four. I understand it, but I hate it because I, I, I who are they going to play? If we're rewarding strength of schedule, I would rather take a one loss. Oh, uh, I'd rather take a one loss Ohio State, and then if Ohio State loses or whatever, what have you then I'd rather have one loss Oklahoma before I ever touch or sniff Cincinnati because Cincinnati almost lost to Navy and Tulane. Like, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I agree with you. And let's be honest. The committee does have a history of not rewarding group of five teams because their strength of schedule is that pitiful. And – it's like what's what's helping Cincinnati right now is that they have a win against Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yep, that's the only reason they are as high as they are. They knocked off a quality opponent there, and we yep. have to give them kudos for that. But is one win against Notre Dame impressive enough to put a group of five team that outside of that their schedule is horrific into the top four? Not really. We're, 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 well, we're going to learn tonight. Yeah, I think I it is very possible that they do give Cincinnati that benefit of the doubt. If these were the final rankings, I think I don't think they'd be in the top four. But because they're the first rankings of the season, I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to put Cincinnati in that spot, put like some of the Oklahomas and Ohio States like right underneath them, right, and six. be like, okay, you've got – okay, Ohio State. You've got Michigan State. You've got Michigan still left on your schedule. And it's possible – that you play a ranked team in the Big Ten Championship. You're going to have more than enough opportunities to impress the committee and put them and to jump Cincinnati. Um, Same with Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma is undefeated. So I think it's very possible that they might put Oklahoma at four, although it'd be hard for me to say who would win on a field between Cincinnati and Oklahoma because both, I believe, are in the same position. Sus, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's go, it's going to be very interesting to see what the committee does, but I do think they're probably going to be hotter on Michigan State than maybe some of us realize. Maybe. Cool. Um, I'm going to put everything back, and then we'll move on. But, yeah, you, you might be right, but I just I hate Cincinnati. Anyhow, um, <laughs> speaking of Cincinnati being garbage, guys, let's take out the trash for the week. Um, I like it when I don't have to take out a lot of trash as a chore, but there was a little bit going on this week, and I stayed quiet on purpose so Brad could freak out about it now. Um, I'm going to take it off the screen so I can see everybody. Sorry, that was kind of cutting you off, Luke. Um, (laughs) Robert Sala, why would Mike White be your starting quarterback from now on? You don't draft a guy in the second position in the first round win one game with the weirdo from the XFL and then say, he's the new starter. You'll never know. Like, I I understand you want to sound clever. I understand. I see it. Uh, I understand you want to be like a smart coach that doesn't. Yeah. Thank you. That doesn't make like (laughs) stupid decisions, but he won one game. So what are you just giving up on investing in Zach Wilson? Like that's stupid. If that's what he's going to do, 
Sala needs to be out at the end of the year, and y'all need to look for another new head coach. Like you, Herman how- Meyer. <laughs> this isn't Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. This isn't this isn't that situation where there is a clear cut. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, and Trey Lance is the best thing you have. This is not that situation. This is the guy we invested in in the first round who's actually pretty good, but he plays for the Jets, or the weirdo from the XFL that no one was ever going to give a chance that wins against a team randomly, mainly because the Bengals didn't play too hot, actually, if you watched it, and then suddenly we're going to overreact and say, Mike, what? I don't get it. Guys, I, I don't get it. Am I wrong here? Is this kind of a trash move by Salah? No. He played one game. He played well for one game. Now, do I believe that Mike White earned himself some cred and earned himself maybe an opportunity to play later on? Yes. I don't think you have a game like that and you say, okay, now you never get to play again. You have to give him some opportunities. I don't know where those opportunities would come, but you if he plays that well his first time out, you, you might be beholden to give him at least another shot to see if he continues to prove you wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just threw me off. Um, so second here, Katie has been around for a while. He's not an idiot. And yet he launches a ball into the stands. <laughs> Why? Like, I get your frustration, but spew off. Go go talk to your teammates. Say a lot of really nasty words about whatever you're mad about. But chucking a ball at people that are paying to come see you and fan, like, he's come just on. He's just frustrated that Kyrie is still unvaccinated. For being Probably. Well, see, here's what I don't get. We were talking about this today at work. Um Oh, who is it? That's Beal. Beal isn't vaccinated and he's playing, but Kyrie's not vaccinated and he can't play. So is it state by state or is the NBA going to enforce something? Like it's, I'm, I'm, ge- I'm guessing it's team by team. It's team by and, team. I think. And the fact that in Brooklyn, it's still basically and uh, is that New York City or is that like across the yeah. river? across the river in New Jersey or something. No, no, no. It's, it's New York City. Okay. Well, New York City has the whole vaccine mandate thing going on where you yeah. basically, you know, you can't buy or sell without, you know, having your sh- your card, your special card, you know, papers, if you please. Um, so, and I'm not going to offer an opinion on that because this is not the place to offer said opinion, but I do have strong opinions about them. You can a- ask me about them later. But... It really is. If if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm just going to say this right now. If I'm Kyrie Irving and I want to play basketball in some other point, at some point in my career, I'm going to the leadership of the Nets organization and saying, hey, if you can't find a way for me to play with, the stat, at the, with keeping the status quo the same, if I have to get vaccinated to play for this organization, then I, I need to request a trade. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Trade me over to the Orlando Magic, where I can play in Florida, and I don't have to worry about a vaccine mandate. Right. It's like, send me somewhere where I can play. I understand having to miss the occasional game where we travel to somewhere like, you know, San Francisco or New York or 
any other place that has one of these um, mandates that, you know, they're literally preventing people from playing. But, you know, there are unvaccinated players still playing in this league, Bradley Beal being one of them. They're just on teams that allow for that to happen. And so Kyrie needs to think about it and go, hey, maybe maybe Brooklyn is not the best fit for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Um, let's get to one last one, and then we're going to start speeding up our episode here a little bit. Um, so Winston is a freaking idiot, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you why. Um, he I thought we hurt. all knew that already. He gets hurt, gets taken to the locker room, all that stuff. It's a bad injury. Everybody knows it. Then there's a video that comes out of him dancing in the locker room on his injured leg with his crutches. And then shortly after that, the Saints announced he has a season-ending injury. I'm like, yeah, maybe if you didn't dance on it, you freaking moron. <laughs> like, ooh, what? Like that His was season that ended was dancing with the stars. <laughs> Apparently. I, I'm just – I'm done with him. Cut him, Saints. He's not worth it. I have my own personal opinions on him from his Florida State days. I hate him. I think he's – as yeah. a student Let's, at Florida State, I have to say I don't hate him, but I'm not going to say I like him either. <laughs> that's fair. Fair enough. Um, that is our taking out the trash. Kyle, would you like to take us in the flashbang? Yes, I will change your name. I'm sorry. I had to do it to you. Uh, <laughs> yes, flashbang. Let's go to that. Uh, flashbang, Rams or the Packers? Brad. Cardinals, because they're better than both teams. Packers got lucky. Uh, I'm going to say Rams because now they have Von Miller, and they're just now even worse. Cool. Even better. Uh, Kenneth Walker or Bryce Young? Brad. Uh, Bryce Young because Kenneth Walker benefits from not having a real quarterback. Um, I'm going to say Kenneth Walker because he has to overcome not having a good quarterback. Interesting, interesting. All right, CJ Stroud or Caleb Williams? Luke. It's, it's going to sound biased, but I got to go with C.J. Stroud because, you know, Caleb Williams has only been doing it for half the year. Caleb Williams, because he's doing things we've never seen before from a quarterback, like the weird play against Kansas. I had to keep it in one sentence. Sorry. <laughs> Luke, you're biased. Caleb Williams. Uh, let's, go, let's go top 10 NCAA here. Should we run? Should we run down the list? Georgia um, beat Florida, yeah. thirty-four to seven. Cincinnati, Tulane, thirty-one to twelve. Oklahoma won. Michigan State beat Michigan, thirty-seven thirty-three. Penn State, of course, lost to Ohio State. Oregon beat Colorado. Notre Dame beat North Carolina, forty-four twenty-four. Wake Forest beat Duke. Wake Forest is number ten. Holy crap, that's weird. Brad, let's go to up high, down low, too slow. I would love to. Iowa versus Wisconsin. Uh, As I've said weeks ago, I'm going to prove it now. Iowa never deserved to be ranked that high, and now we've got the proof. And I am a genius. Thank you very much. I should be in charge of the AP rankings from now on. Uh, Just anyways. But really, Iowa, like you guys have been the guy and disrespected. And then you fall apart to Wisconsin. Up high, down low, ooh, too slow, Iowa. Don't want to hear from you again until 2025. Um, Pittsburgh versus Miami. It's Miami. 
It's Miami. They don't even have De'Aaron King, and you lost. Go ahead and sign the card and say, hey, we don't want to play in the ACC anymore because we can't win, like, easy games. By Pittsburgh, it was really cute of you to be in the top 25 for as long as you were. <laughs> See ya. Up high, down low. Oh, too slow. Um, and my favorite one, because everybody was like, this is their year. They're good this year. Uh, I don't think so, Kentucky. Stick to basketball as usual. Um, you can't lose. Come on. Alabama beat Mississippi State, and they didn't score a touchdown. Meanwhile, Mississippi State comes out here and says, to you, Kentucky, <laughs> up high, down low. Oh, too slow. Goodbye, Big Blue. Don't want to hear from you again either. Um, Big Blue is a bit blue today. Yeah. Uh, let's go to overrated. Uh, overrated. Oh, shoot, I can't clap. I'm white. I can't clap. Uh, over, overrated. Uh, I'll start off with Penn State and James Franklin. You're overrated. Listen, I'm not going to say you suck. I'm not going to say you're trash. You're the worst team ever. But I told you all in the beginning of the year, yes, Penn State's a good team. They've got a solid defense. But what's holding them back is their O-line and their quarterback. I know Clifford at times has played well. But listen, look at all these top teams. Look at their quarterback. Look at their O-line. They move people when they want to, and their quarterback can make plays. Or they run the ball down your throat, and they can't really do any of those, uh, you know, 100%. Their receivers, their tight ends, they always are churning out really good guys. Um, Jahan Dawson's one of the best receivers in the country. Um, Keandre Lambert, Parker Washington, their tight ends are, are catching the ball pretty well. Um, but, like – their running game has never been good. The only times where it's been good in James Franklin's tenure has been Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders, who at the time were like elite running backs and just like made things happen when there was nothing going on. So like they need to get that figured out in order for them to take the next step. I don't know if they will because I don't know if James will stick around. Michigan, you are overrated. Listen, you're overrated every year. Like Brad said, with, with Iowa – um, or with Kentucky this year, oh, this is their year, like you said. Michigan, they win a, one good game, and people are like, oh, this could be the year where Jim Har or yeah, Jim, John, Jingle Hammerschmidt, I Jim. don't care. Harbaugh. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they never do anything. They're overrated. Okay. Get a quarterback, get a better Can I coach. quickly just say, I, I don't think they're overrated because they did exactly what we expected them to do, which is choke in a big game. You're right. You choked. Um, <laughs> Bo Nix, you are underrated. Listen, I gave a lot of crap to Bo Nix or Brad, so did everybody in this whole entire universe because Bo Nix sucked butt. But look what he has done the last few games. Bo Nix, I'm impressed. You look like even though your Heisman numbers aren't, you know, they're not Heisman numbers, but the plays that you make with your legs and your arm recently is making me be like, oh, like, if you had a little bit better team around you and threw the ball, you know, a little bit better, you probably could be a Heisman candidate with the plays that you are making. They looked pretty bad in the beginning of the year, especially against Penn State, but Bo Nix, you're turning it on, you're underrated. Um, let's go to Jock, Paper, Scissors here really quick. Guys, Jock, Paper, Scissors, Trevor Simeon, Cooper Rush, Mike White, who are you taking? Cooper Rush because he sounds like a Bond villain. 
Oh my word. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will take Cooper Rush because if you want to take somebody that like shouldn't have helped them win that game, it would be Cooper Rush. Like, yeah, Mike White, sure, whatever. I don't believe it. I think it was a fluke. But Cooper Rush actually actually looked pretty good. And I don't believe in Trevor. Not even going to try to stumble with the last name at this point. Don't believe in him. Mike White could be a bust. I'll go with Cooper Rush. Um, I'm going to go with Mike White purely because he won the Jets a football game, and that is an accomplishment in and of itself. I'm going to go Trevor Seaman. Next, we're going to go to Baller Baller Bill, y'all. <laughs> no! um, let's, just, let's just move on because we're running out of time here. Let's go back to the uh, top five 75th anniversary city jerseys. I'll give you mine here quick. Love the Clippers jerseys, the Magic jersey, the Lakers, the Kings, and then the Charlotte Hornets jersey. Those are my top five um, anniversary jerseys. Yep. Um, mine was the Houston Rockets, the Miami Heat, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Washington Wizards. All right. I'm going to try to pull these off the top of my head. Um, I loved Chicago Bulls. The Charlotte Hornets, the Brooklyn Nets, the San Francisco Warriors. Do they still go by Golden State? Golden State, yeah. Golden State, Golden State Warriors, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Sweet. Those I will have posted shortly after our episode. You're welcome to view those and kind of vote, see what you think. Um, do we want to play the name game or or not? Because it, it's it's going to take a hot minute if we do. Let's do it. Just one. Just one. All right. All right. Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Right. I can do it. Can do it really quick. Really quick. Really quick. Really quick. All right. Um, give me a random player. Anybody? Oh. Um. Who listed college? Let's, what was? Whatever he said. What'd you say? Nick Saban. Oh. Nick Saban to Russell Wilson. Okay. Um. Nick's. Okay. Oh, Nick Saban to Russell Wilson. Hmm. Oh, uh, Nick Saban coached um, Jaron Reed, who's on the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Sweet. You I did thought it! that was going to be a lot harder. <laughs> but uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. We are the Jocks of All Trades. I am Brad, joined by Kyle and Luke, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Later. Bye.